I'm glad you guys are all in a good mood this morning because this is a heavy book. Um, and so, fair warning, it's not going to be light. There probably won't be a lot of laughs, but it's fitting because this is a book about suffering. The book of Job, the way I see it, is actually God's promise to his suffering people. Um, yeah. Have you ever lost a loved one and asked, God, why? Have you ever gone through a traumatic experience that left you wondering, God, why did you abandon me? Have you ever turned the news on TV just to see the horror that is in the world and ask, God, how is that just? Have you ever seen or gone through a tragedy that left you wondering, why did that even happen, God? Have you gone through a time of wrestling with him in the midst of pain? Are you going through a time of that right now? What has been or is your response in suffering? This book, the book of Job, will not answer the questions that you asked during um, that time. Um, or even similar questions that you might be asking right now. Many people, myself included, have come to this book to try to find answers to these types of questions only to close it and feel a little bit disappointed. Disappointed that the questions were answered of why does suffering happen to us? Is God still good when tragedy happens? And can we trust him in a world full of distress and disorder? Instead of answering the questions that we want to be answered, the questions that we desperately long to be answered, perhaps what this book offers is something ultimately more fulfilling, more satisfying, more hope-giving than the answers that we were first looking for. Perhaps in this book we find what we actually need in those moments and in those seasons where the only thing we seem to be able to ask God is why, yelled through clenched teeth, a why, whispered up to him with tear-stained cheeks. Perhaps the book of Job shows that it is not the question to why this happened that will comfort us, but instead, what will bring that comfort and consolation is the answer to the question of who do we run to when suffering does happen. One of the reasons I love this book so much um, is because the cries of Job, a man in pain, full of doubt and surrounded by darkness, have been my own cries and the cries of all of God's people who are suffering and yet still hope in him. The book of Job has a timeless beauty in that it speaks truth not just to God's suffering servant Job, but all of God's people who have suffered over the millennia and God's people who continue to suffer today. Um, so with that, we will transition on to the BRI. Are you ready to find out literally zero conclusive answers at all? Because if so, this is what will happen. Yes. Um, yes. So Job is a piece of wisdom literature um, that explores the plight of the innocent sufferer. 
And this was not a unique concept in the ancient Near East. Um, and so here's a handout that sort of shows the similarities and the differences between Job and other ancient Near East um, works, specifically with the literature of Mesopotamia and Egypt. Um, <coughs> yes. And so some scholars will see these similarities and use them to discount the book, saying it was merely copied from pre-existing works uh, in the surrounding cultures, but this is unlikely because in the book of Job, um, the differences in the view of God, like monotheism, as well as the negative view towards appeasement, um, are uniquely Hebrew, and as a result, this book arrives at far different conclusions than any other ancient Near East uh, piece of wisdom literature. And so, yes, although this was not a common topic, the beauty of Job is that the author takes this much talked about and sometimes written about concept and takes it to new heights and reaches far different conclusions. Um, yes. So let's talk canon for a little bit. And so the word comes from a Hebrew and Greek word um, denoting a reed or a cane. And so it means something straight, something to be measured by. Um, and so the canon is the list of books that we view as having authority in our Bibles, 66 in ours. And so Job is part of the Hebrew Bible and has never been disputed as to whether or not it belongs in there. And I say this because I think it's important as we will go on to find out all the ambiguity that is the background of the book of Job. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what do we know about the background information of the book? Well, in 962 B.C., Golden tablets fell from the sky, and it was the book of Job. No, that did not happen. But that would be nice, because it would be at least a little bit of clear information. Um, yes. And so, for genre, Job is grouped... Um, yes, Job is grouped with uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the traditional, like, wisdom books. Um, yes. And so, it is... Speculative, which means pessimistic um, perspective, similar to Ecclesiastes. Um, yeah, and so it's important to understand Job's literary genre because it affects the way that we interpret the book. For example, we don't interpret prose and poetry in the same way because they are designed to do things differently. They just function in a different way. Um, similarly, you don't interpret wisdom literature as a historical narrative. The way that we interpret Samuel is different than the way that we interpret the book of Job. Um, and so this is important because understanding the genre as wisdom literature will help us when we come to some difficult passages. Yeah. Okay. So now on to the events. Did the events of Job actually happen? And does it actually matter? Some people believe, yes, the events did happen, and yes, it does matter, while others believe, no, they didn't, and no, it does not matter. And so there's a common idea that the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible because it appears to take place in the patriarchal, patriarchal period, the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, <clears throat> And by reading the book as a historical narrative, it makes sense to place the events in this time frame. 
However, because Job is classified as wisdom literature, this does not necessitate that the beginning story, the middle conversations, or the ending story were real events. Some believe they actually occurred, and others believe that they did not. Here's another handout that um, talks about Job's genre and Job's history, um, and how other any wisdom literature can help us understand the book most likely as the author intended it to be read. For example, in the ancient Near East, it was tradition to use a well-known character and um, craft a narrative around them that explored what the author, in this case, what God, wanted to talk about. And so when it comes to dating the events, there are two main interpretations. One, that the events occurred during the patriarchal period, and second, that the events did not, and it was just set there. Um, I lean towards, but have not completely settled on, the evidence that the Book of Job, as wisdom literature, um, is not trying to tell a historical event. Um, however, I do believe that Job was a historical figure, and that was why the author and God used him in the story. Undeniably, this book is a work of God's spirit through human hands, and ultimately, the main message the author is communicating is untouched whether you believe the events happened or they did not. Love those trucks. Wow. Okay. Um, yes, so events, setting sort of things. Um, the dating, for those who see Job as a historical event, patriarchal period, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, for the events that didn't happen, if you choose this for your BRI, you can say it was set in the patriarchal period and explain why. Um, Yes, and so this was a time period from about 2000 BC to 1600 BC, give or take. And the author gives us cues that either the dating or the events, um, either the setting or the events happened in this time. Such as Job sacrificed for his family, which was a common patriarchal practice. The word for money, kesita, um, I don't know how to say that, uh, used in Job 42.11 is also used in Genesis 33.19. At the end of the book, Job is said to live, I believe, 140 years after everything transpires, and so he has a very long lifespan, similar to the patriarchs. As well as Job's wealth is described in patriarchal terms like cattle and servants instead of in gold and silver the way that it was described like in Solomon's time. Um, yes. Okay. So for where... Um, from the first verse, we know that the book is set in the land of us, or is, I've heard people say it different ways. Um, so the location is not precise. What happened? Um, the screen went black. I require assistance, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so it's likely in Edom, and the verse reference for this is Lamentations 4.21. Um, and so Edom was a nation renowned for its wisdom. So it would make sense to place the book here. Um, okay. Um, yes. And so Job and his friends are not Israelites and are most likely Edomites. Um, yes. Okay. Alrighty. So when written. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
So many people confuse the setting with when the book was written. Um, so the book is set in the patriarchal time period, but this does not necessarily indicate that it was written at the same time, although it could have been. And so precise dating for this book is tricky because it follows the trend of other biblical wisdom literature. There are no references to historical events that shape the Hebrew psyche, such as um, the Exodus or the 40 years of wilderness wandering or um, the exile. And um, there are also no references to the familiar institutions of the Hebrew people, such as the temple, priests, or kings. Um, and so, because of that, some people think that they can date the book due to language, but the problem is that linguistic cues fall through as well. Um, so the book is in Hebrew, but it is very strange and archaic Hebrew that we don't really see in the rest of the Bible, um, or outside of it. And so, there are more unique words that only appear once in the Bible here than in any, any other book. Um, which is very special. It's called Hapax Ligomena. That is your, I believe, Greek lesson for the day. And if I were Nate, I would say you can use that word on a date if it gets boring, but that's been overused, so I won't say that. Um. <laughs> um, and so the book does use archaic Hebrew, but there also is a heavy Aramaic Influence, which indicates a time of writing more so in the Persian period, because Aramaic only became um, the trade language around the Persian period, which is like 530 to 330 BC. Because of these and other issues um, dating the book, there have been a vast range of um, dates proposed, such as it was written during the patriarchal time period, perhaps Moses wrote it, during the Solomonic era, during the exile, or after the exile. And there are problems with nearly all of these theories. Actually, there's problems with every single one of them. Um, and so the first is that functioning as wisdom literature, the setting does not indicate the writing um, for patriarchal time period. For Moses's, um, the only reason why we believe this is because the Talmud says that it could have been Moses, but Moses is just proposed as one of many different options. So it's actually a very weak tradition of mosaic authorship. And so for the Solomonic era, um, like with other wisdom books, the sage didn't really name himself. We don't know who he is. And then the fourth and the fifth are based on the interpretation that Job, the book of Job is an allegory for Israel during its exile. But this interpretation is not really a super strong one because Israel was not suffering for no reason. The prophets had made it abundantly clear why Israel was in exile. Um, yes. Okay. And so that's dating. Fun. And now to authorship. There are too many opinions, in my opinion, um, on the authorship of Job. And so just to give you guys a small slice of the pie that is the fun stuff on authorship, the Talmud, the commentary by Jewish rabbis that was completed in 500 AD, says Job was written by Moses. But on the next page, it says Job was among those who came back from the Babylonian exile seven centuries after Moses died. 
And the page that says that also suggests that Job was not a real person and that the whole book is just an allegory. Also, that Job was a contemporary of Jacob or Abraham. All this to say, even in authorship, Job is a hot mess. Um, (laughs) Get it together, man. Um, And so some scholars believe that Job came to us in, through many steps and many different hands, with each different structural part coming from a different author. And I do not believe this, because when you look at the rhetorical strategy of how all of the pieces of structure flow together, coming into um, and developing the main message, there's a beautiful cohesiveness that I believe and other scholars believe indicates not many hands um, were involved in this. And so keeping with the numbering that I kind of had before, these are options for um, authorship. And so you guys can look at the evidence um, that you'll find in Bible dictionaries and other places. Uh, I thought it was important not to really, uh, well, just to lay everything out for you guys so you can make your own decisions. But I lean towards um, that it was written or at least compiled during Solomon's time. Um, At the beginning of November, I had done some research and had already settled on this position and then I read the book of Proverbs and it was so some of the things were so similar to what like Solomon says in the book of Proverbs in his section Um, and I was like this is not a coincidence so that's where I sit on the issue of dating at the moment Um, yeah and so what does this mean everything about the BRI is debated and there is no real consensus And this is okay. It doesn't need to make us wonder if Job should be included in our Bibles. Um, The Targum is an Aramaic translation of the Hebrew Bible, and most of these were written during the Second Temple period, beginning in 516 BC. And archaeologists found a Targum of Job in the Qumran Caves and date that to 160 BC. Job has, um, which means Job was circulated and seen as authoritative scripture well before the second century. And then with the Septuagint, um, well, Job has been a part of the Hebrew um, Bible when the Septuagint um, was begun put together in about 300 BC, the process started. And so all this to say is that this Job has been seen as the inspired word of God for a long time, and it is. And so um, the ambiguity doesn't need to scare us. It should actually help us appreciate the book in a new way. Because God wanted this message to reach his people throughout millennia so much that he guarded it and kept it safe, even with all the ambiguity. And I kind of like it because it helps us focus on what really matters, which is the heart of the book of Job.